Let's continue to pray for a moment. Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to put things on pause in our life this evening. And Father, we just thank you for the quickening power of the Holy Spirit. Father, I ask all those in assembly here tonight, for all those viewing online, quicken our minds, quicken our bodies. Father, I'm thinking about many people who are standing and for healing, Father. We just thank you that by Jesus' stripes, everyone associated with this ministry and viewing online are healed and whole. We thank you the healing power of God is working mightily in all of our lives, working a cure. Because God, you said who? Himself bore our sicknesses and carried our pains. He was wounded for our transgressions bruised for all of our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with Jesus' stripes he's healed. Lord, Psalm 103, you said that you heal all of our iniquities. You forgive all of our iniquities. You heal all of our diseases. In Psalm 107, 20, you said in your word that you sent your word and healed us and delivered us from all of our destructions. Oh, that men would praise the Lord. Give thanksgiving to his name and glory to his name. Father, we thank you that although the Word of God is going to go forth tonight in a particular way, it's still filled with life, and it'll quicken areas of our life we never even thought we needed. Father, just as Nicole so compassionately said tonight, Father, we want to see more of you, and we want to represent you better. And Father, we stand here tonight to learn from you how we can have more influence with people so we can influence them to Jesus. Give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him, the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, flooded with light. I tear off de deception or any cloud that would try to blind those who are in our domain and those who are viewing online. And Father, I thank you for your word. The entrance of your word gives light, gives understanding to the simple. Father, we thank you for understanding and a good word tonight to be challenged to grow. And we give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. In Jesus' name, we all agree by saying amen, amen. You may be seated. Good evening, everybody. I believe it's summer. <laughs> How about you? You like this hot weather? No. <laughs> My wife no. always, she'll always say, hey, babe, is it hot in here, do you? I said, well, no, you're wearing a jacket, babe. But, uh, she doesn't even have to wear a jacket sometimes. She's, well, she, you're hot to me. Thank you. So I just want to. <laughs> Good answer. Anyway, Good there answer. you go. That's right. So we have different emphasis on Wednesday evenings, and we really want to bring a very well-rounded word to harvest. And. We're so thankful for all those who help us in ministry of the Word in each generation and each race. It's so beautiful. And uh, last week, it was uh, Fabian that ministered, and he did a wonderful job. And we, we, we watched them, and we were just cheering them on. And so proud of him and all of them that do help us minister the Word. And, and all of us combined together help give a panoramic view. On the first month of every, uh, on first Wednesday of every month, what's our emphasis? Prayer. 
prayer. We teach on prayer, and then we model prayer. We pray together. Man, we've got to pray over Afghanistan. We've got to pray over healing. We've got to pray over the different things that have risen up lately, right? Now, the second Wednesday is, is all about what? Discipleship. Discipleship. And that's how to grow and to be a follower of Christ and be more Christ-like. And that's what Fabian had a topic last week. Uh, my wife and I, on the third of every third week of every month, third Wednesday, teach biblical leadership. You might say, I don't want to be in a seminar. You're not. But you have the will of God to fulfill. It's going to take good leadership skills. How many want to have a good family? How many want your family to follow you? How many could use some more influence and them act right and better? Oh, <laughs> but you know, these principles apply to our personal lives, to our family lives, to our careers, in the church as we serve, and, and tonight we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about leadership for thought for today is when a leader has little influence, little can be accomplished. So we need to gain influence for the right thing. Right. You're influencing somebody for right or wrong right now. Mm-hmm. You're allowing someone to influence you right or wrong right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to encourage you to step up and be a leader. Say this with me. I am a leader. I lead myself first. I'm learning to lead others through precept and example. Important that we learn these leadership principles. My wife and I have been in um, ministry for over 33 years now. And uh, so we, we've been around the mountain a few times. And so we're going to teach about that. So we, we are reading from a book called... The 21 Most Powerful Minutes in a Leader's Day by John Maxwell, and we're, we're reading along with him and then interjecting our thoughts as well. I forgot about the fourth Wednesday. What's the fourth Wednesday? What are we emphasizing on the fourth Wednesday? Does anybody know? Faith and healing. Dad Hagen, Kenneth Hagen, uh, calling him dad as a term of, of endearment, he said, listen, Always study about faith and healing because if you don't need it for yourself, you're going to need it for someone else. And that's why it just came on our heart to, hey, let's give a Wednesday night to make sure that we're constantly sharing the word on, on healing and constantly share on faith because faith is how we receive the promises of God, walk in the promises of God, please God, and all the, all the many different things we talk about. And that's part of our assignment being attached to Rainbow Bible College is go teach my papal faith. So tonight, let's take a look at this topic we're, we're on, leadership thought for today. Again, when a leader has little influence, little can be accomplished. I think next week we're going to talk about when a leader has next month. Boy, I tell you what, these months clip on by. But... When a leader has much influence, how much can happen? Much. We as a church, we are better together. Individually, we can't get it done, but together we can do our part. All right, so we talk, because we're talking about how to, how to gain influence and, you know, we want to go from little to much influence, I'm going to give you a few points I've picked up over the years as to how we can obtain more favor with God and more favor with man. Uh, First of all, if you want to, that is, and you're taking notes, number one, enlarge people. 
don't enlarge yourself before people. No, you enlarge people. You help them grow. Uh, you help them have opportunities, and you coach them to win. Uh, and my wife and I, as much as in the history of Harvest Church, which we pioneered this church, how many years ago is it now? 23, and this October, I knew that, I was just testing her, and I like, she tests me on how many years have we been married, <laughs> why aren't y'all laughing, <laughs> know that number, know that number, matter of fact, well, I include that number in some of my passcodes, <laughs> so I never forget it, but um, number one, we gain influence when we enlarge people, we, we get behind them to help them win. Number two, we gain influence by navigating for people. In other words, don't just tell them to do something. Show them how to do it. You know, the school system, and it, do we have any teachers here tonight or in the school system? Yeah. Um, I did well in school, but I would have done a whole lot better if it had been hands-on precept and example. Show me what you want me to learn, then I'll do it. I learn so much more than just memorizing a bunch of information and just sort of spilling it out on the test and then not really gaining anything from it. There's better, different, there's better ways. Then number three, how do we gain influence? Connect with people. But when I come here, no one comes to talk to me. Well, you know they do. Not, this church is not a real good example about that. We, we do. We, we go after those that, that might be a little shy or... Uh, you know, aren't real good at introducing themselves to folks. In other words, you want to take initiative to get in someone else's world. And a good way to do that is get on a team. Get amongst um, a good work uh, crew and you'll gain connection. But again, as a leader, every environment that I'm in, I have to watch out because I have leadership cap on. Wherever I go, especially this church, I'm looking for people that are hurting. I'm looking for people that are downcast. I'm looking, looking for people that are separated, set aside. I'm not, I don't do church with all my friends and just have a bunch of fellowship with all those I know while I come to church. No, it's game day. It's God's drawing people here. We're going to connect with them. We're, we're going to befriend, befriend them. And maybe a prayer request will come up. Hey, can I pray for you about that? But um, connect with people. Take the initiative. Then we on number five, reproduce other leaders. In other words, help people maximize their potential. And uh, like I was beginning to say a little while ago, like never before, my wife and I have the assignment to lead leaders, pastor pastors, duplicate ourselves and help other people win and help you, help you fulfill the will of God for your life. That's why it should never be a one-man show in any organization. There are so many more gifted people than my wife and I in different areas, and when we come together, we complement each other. I, those who speak as a part of our leadership team, they shouldn't sound, well, in a, in a tone they should sound like me because they have us, because they have the word, it dominates the message, but in their personality, right? Right? Let people be who they're supposed to be. 
And don't try to live through others. All right. Then number first was enlarge people, navigate people, number two, connect with people, number three, empower people, number four, reproduce other leaders. So I'm on number six, add value to people, which is sort of the same thing we've been talking about. Seven is model integrity and godly character. Model integrity and godly character. People watch you before they will even think about following you. You should. You should know the fruit of anybody that, that God is leading you to follow. Well, God would lead you to follow good people, but however, they should have good fruit in their life. And then number uh, nine, model consistency. No, that's not right, baby. Well, anyway, whatever number that is, model consistency over time. Model consistency over time. And then, seven. Model. no. One, seven. two, three, four, five, six, seven. seven. Oh, my seven. goodness. Guess what? My wife's right. That's right. Seven. Do I have to do them all over again? Yes. How many would just say it's just not right if you don't go over them again? Just raise your hand. All right. Well, there's nothing. Number one, enlarge people. That means help them grow. Number Two, navigate for people. Show them how to do what you're asking them to do. Number three, connect with people. Take the initiative to, you know, get to know people. Then number four, empower people. Ooh, I skipped that one. Whoops. Empower people. That's the one I didn't see. It's just right here in the middle of everything, and I don't see it. Help them win. Serve them. Then number Five, five, five. One, two, three, four. Four is empower. I know, five. I was singing five a song. Five is reproduce, yes. Five foot long. <laughs> I, you're confusing me. I'm doing enough, a good enough job up here by myself, confusing myself. Okay. Reproduce other leaders. Yep. Add value to people. Add value to people. We need to value people. We need to value somebody that looks like they are wealthy as compared to someone that is full of tattoos and earrings and all that kind of stuff. It does. I'm as comfortable talking to that either one because they have the same value that you do. Don't, let's not be pompous. Let's, let's have a life that's more about others. All right. And then model integrity, then model consistency, then believe in people. You got it, babe. All right. So we, I want to go over um, uh, some scripture talking about those with little influence. And so this scripture makes much sense about talking about leaders. At one point in their life, they didn't have much influence. And when we look at the scriptures of walking into the promised land. So let's take a look at this tonight, starting in Numbers chapter 14. Um, and I don't know if you'll be able to follow along with me, guys, because I'm going to skip some verses and just hit certain ones. So just listen as I read. 
Um, and it says, And all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried. And the people wept that night. They cried, Why has the Lord brought us to the land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Would it be not better for us to return to Egypt? Do you not understand that they were complaining and saying, why can't we just go back and return to our own vomit, so to speak, because they were having to walk through some things. They were complaining because God had promised them a certain land. They hadn't walked in that land yet. They were on their way. They had encountered some situations but how many know that peace is not the absence of trouble, but thank God we can have the presence of God. We can have the presence of God in situations that we have to walk through. We can have peace in the midst of the storm. And so they were having to walk through some things. Listen, as long as we have breath in our lungs, and we walk in this world, we're going to have to walk through some things. That does not mean that the promises of God are not true. That does not mean that we do not hold fast to the word of faith. But it is our choice to hold fast to the word of faith. And so they were murmuring and complaining. And would it not be better for us to return to Egypt like they had it good in Egypt? They didn't have it good in Egypt. They were going to have it so much better in the promised land, but they were having to walk through some things. And so they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Now, that's where we get in trouble when we take things into our own hands. Oh, okay, this isn't working out, so let me just help God out, and I will just help some things come to pass for him since he's taken a little bit longer than I want. Let me just help him out. So that will always get you in trouble. And if we ever find ourselves putting us in a position before time, that is not a good place to find ourselves. Because if we put ourselves in a position, then we're going to have to see ourselves through. And you don't want to see, you don't want to find yourself in a position that God has not placed you. That's right. Because then the anointing will not be there when hard times come. Mm -hmm. And I want the anointing of God to be wherever God has placed me, I want the anointing of God to be there to see me through those difficult times. And so they said, well, let us select a leader. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of um, Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, and they knew the promises. They had already spied out the land. They had seen the promises of God. They tore their clothes. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who complain against me? Now, I know every one of us, there are no stones to throw here. Because every one of us sitting here, we, those shoulder blades pointing out are not angel little wings. Where all of us in here have complained at one time or another. And we, that's something that we all have to be careful and 
pray, God, help my faith fail not. I'm going to stand on the promises of God because this is one thing I can promise you. In your walk with God, you're not going to always have the feelings. You're not going to always have the feelings that the promises of God are yes and amen. But I promise you one thing. They are yes and amen, and they are true whether we feel like it or not. Mm -hmm. The promises of God are true. And that's what we hold on to. Thank God we don't have to go by our feelings. We go by what God's Word says. That is our standard. That is our authority. That is our, the, our guidance. That's what we live by. That is our firm foundation. And so it goes on to say, how long should I bear their complaint against me? Say to them, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken into my hearing, so I will do to you. The carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in this wilderness. All of you were numbered according to your entire number from 20 years old and above. He's saying you're not going to enter in to the promised land except for Caleb, the son of of Jeph Jephunneh and Joshua, the son of Nun, you shall by no means enter the land, but your little ones whom you said would be victims, I will bring them in, and they shall know the land which you have despised. My goodness, talking about influence, watching the words that we say, because they are influencing those around us. Our words influence people and it spreads amongst us and it matters how we are influencing people with our words. It matters how we are influencing people with our leadership, with our life. And all of us know here, I don't care if you have a title or not, you're a leader. We are leading first ourselves, mm -hmm. and someone, whether you realize it or not, is looking at you, and you are influencing someone's life, either good or either bad. Our life is impacting someone. And so from that scripture, it goes on to say, gaining influence with people takes time. It isn't achieved overnight. Joshua discovered that when he and Caleb tried to get the people to go into the promised land, Scripture indicates that no one wanted to follow their leadership. They hadn't had that time to, to, to gain the influence with them because the people around them, they had always looked to Moses and they had always looked to Aaron. They hadn't had that time to gain the influence of the people. You know, sometimes you have to let time pass. You have to, I don't know if you've ever heard my husband say, you know what, I don't know where you're coming from, what background you're coming from, what hurt you're coming from. And there's, there is an excuse none of us can use. And I am, this is something that should not be in any of our um, conversation of church hurt. Who hasn't been hurt? And that should not be an excuse of anybody being in the house of God. Because God didn't say, I command you to be in the house of God, except for those who have been in church hurt. Oh my gosh. 
who hasn't been hurt on the face of this earth? No, he said, no, we're all to be connected into the body of Christ, period. Period. He's raising his hand. That's what our family does. When we get excited in conversations and we're talking, we just raise our hand when the next person wants to talk. So you know what? I'm just going to finish this thought. <laughs> there is not a person on the face of this earth that has been a part of a church that has not been hurt because you know what? There should be imperfect people in church because if there isn't, we're not, doing our we're not doing our job in the church because we should all be at different points of growth. That's what the church is about. It's about family. It's about being imperfect. It's about, oh, my goodness, I was in the flesh that day. Of course, we're still living in this body. It's about learning to forgive and get along and learning to say, hey, I forgive you. That's what they were talking about mainly when Paul was talking to the church. He was telling the church to walk in love one to another. That's who he was talking about. He was talking to the church. This leadership, guys, how we're influencing with our words, it matters. Um, <clears throat> when I was thinking about you, what you're saying about church hurt, you know, all of us have been hurt in our in whatever church you're in or how about family hurt right. family and on, on the job hurt yeah. and yeah. friends hurt you know um what, what i would suggest that you do in times like this is learn what they did mm -hmm. and don't do it to someone else right. you can learn from these things now now if you do not get forgiveness or or, yeah. or forgive or release that person You'll carry that same hurt that you were hurt with, and you'll begin to project that on others. And repeat it. Yep. And there'll be a cycle. Yep. Then also, there's two times that you're going to face trouble. In the will of God, <laughs> and when you're out of the will of God. But in the will of God, you've got God's grace. You've got God's strength. You have the Holy Spirit. You've got other good people to walk with you. Okay. One, you know, one could put 1,000 to flight. Two could put 10,000 to flight. And just my last comment, because you talked about Joshua a few times here. Mm -hmm. And if Joshua was a son, mm -hmm. how come he was, a, the Bible says he was the son of none. Uh, no more dad jokes. Okay. That was dry. <laughs> really, dr that was bad. <laughs> I got you all laughing, didn't I? That's right. Okay. Hurry. That's right. All right. It goes on to say, a leader's influence must be greater than the people's resistance. A leader's influence must be greater than the people's resistance. That's good. That is, a, is especially important when the people face a formidable, which means a large challenge, or extremely difficult circumstance. This is what influence means. It is to have an impact on the behaviors attitude, and choices of others. Influence is to have an impact on the behaviors and the choices of others. John Maxwell goes on to say, and as my friend Andy Stanley says, you can't resist the will of God and receive the grace of God at the same time. Resisting the will of God 
and then expecting to receive the grace of God to do your own thing at the same time. In the case of Joshua, the people's resistance was huge, and Joshua's influence was so small at that time of going in to the promised land. There are two things I thought were key that helped Joshua Mm -hmm. come from a place where he couldn't influence people to a place where he could and lead a whole nation into the promised land. First of all, gaining influence with people takes time. When God promotes you, I said, when? Come on, when? Y'all want a promotion? When God promotes you, don't go into that new position and run rough, roughshod over the people that you're over in that. You, you go in that position, learn the people, uh, and learn the, the, you know, the responsibilities, but let change come slow and let it prove yourself over time. And get to know the people you're leading. And then... Can I say a quote? Yep. Just by that statement that you said. And this has always impacted me. Talking about wherever God takes you in life, wherever he positions you, if the light that is within you, that is talking about God in you, and always being humble, if the light that is within you is not greater than the light that is upon you wherever he takes you in life, then the light that is upon you will destroy you. Because you never want the light that is upon you wherever that is a title, where people see you, where you're leading, you never want that to be greater than your yielding to God and the God in you and your servant before your leadership. Servants should always come before leadership Mm -hmm. because no matter wherever God takes you, you should always be serving other people. I've never seen God not move somebody out of position if they don't look to him to give him the glory and the honor and him the attention. That's why you see some entertainment churches They're entertaining people, and uh, that kind of foundation won't last. I'm not opposed to any, are we done? Oh, my goodness. Um, It's okay, keep playing. It'll help us. What was I saying? Oh, yeah, I'm I'm not opposed to the body of Christ at all. There's some great churches, really are. But uh, we're, we're in a world that's so dark that we have got to be settled on the Word of God and filled with the Spirit of God and walk in the integrity. I mean, it's, it's the only way, whether it's, a, you know, I, I'm living the same kind of life I was living in different seasons in my life, because with just consistency. Let me, uh, let's just finish up here uh, with a few, few pointers here. Now, why did the people resist Joshua? There are three major factors that caused the people to disregard Joshua. How many have ever felt like you've been dissed before? That's not a good feeling, especially when you just take... And let me just say this. For those of you who are being promoted, the people underneath you are going to push you a bit just to see if you're the real deal, see how you respond, and, and uh, pass the test. 
But one of the things that caused the people to dis disregard Joshua and Caleb's advice and resist their leadership was they forgot the past. When the Jews were in Egypt, the Egyptians made their lives bitter with hard bondage. And though they hadn't been gone from Egypt long, they had already forgotten how miserable their lives had been because they wanted to go back. Come on, how many know that where the devil's trying to say, if you'll go back this way, remember those days that you were under the barrel and you were bound and you were confused and you were addicted and you, all the kinds of th things and lifestyles we came out of? Isn't it amazing when the enemy wants to try to get you off track, he just puts light on, oh, that entertainment thing or that positive light. Number two, they were settled in with the present. How many want to grow? Change is in your future. Pain is in your future. Get a little bit more real. How many want to lose weight? Pain is in your future. How many want to get better on the job? It's going to take the pain of going and learning more and doing something that you have that, that helps meet more of a need. Number two, they were settled in with the present. God had answered the people's cries for help by sending them a leader to take them out of Egypt, out of slavery. Then, in their disobedience, they refused to enter Canaan, and they actually looked for a leader who would take them back. God, help me, help me to say this. If you've ever been exposed to the word of faith, how could you settle for anything less? If you've been exposed to being filled with the Spirit and, and that life of the Holy Spirit, how could we offend Him by just ignoring Him? As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord best we can, keep growing in what we know. And number three, the third one, while the people resist, resisted Joshua, they feared their future. The root of their problem was fear. Joshua and Caleb looked at the land of Canaan and saw only potential. The rest of the people looked and saw only pitfalls, even though God himself had promised them the land. When followers are faced with the prospect of taking unknown territory, they always experience fear. The greater the challenge, the greater their fear is likely to be. What causes them to overcome that fear and move forward in spite of it? Leadership. It is, it's the size of the leader, not the size of the challenge that determines whether people conquer new territory. Listen, you are the leader of your own life. If a leader's influence is great enough, the people will follow. When Joshua and Caleb tried to lead the people into the promised land the first time, they lacked influence. As a result, they accomplished little. But 40 years later, when Joshua tried again, the people gladly followed. Why? 
because he had become a person of great influence. And leadership is influence. Nothing more and nothing less. Let me just read this. Another quote by John Maxwell. 90% of all those who fail are not actually um, are not actually defeated. They just simply quit. They just simply quit because of the unknown of going forward. Whatever God has promised you, don't ever give up and don't ever quit. Conclusion number one, gaining influence with people takes time. Number two, a leader's influence must be greater than the people's resistance. And then number three, if a leader's influence is great enough, the people will follow. And I, I felt like God spoke something in my heart concerning some of you that were not in the right lifestyle when your kids were growing up. I'm here to tell you that your new life, no matter if they're serving God or not serving God, is going to be light for the rest of your life. And I'm just believing God with you that your influence is going to grow with them because of your example, because of your love, because of you're helping them navigate all the different things we set up front. And, and I just believe because you're praying over your kids and, and you're doing all that you know, they're going to come back and follow God. They cannot, they cannot face you without facing God. The God that's in you, the light that's upon you, like my wife was talking about, and the example, there's, they'd have to lie if they said there's not been a drastic change in your life here as compared to where you are now. A lot of times you have to just gain that over time because maybe things you've done in the past. Don't take that as condemnation. Just take that as encouragement tonight. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word tonight. We honor your word. And Father, we take inventory now. I take inventory of myself. Father, show me based upon this word what I need to do to, ch to change and to grow and to lead people better. Oh, Father, thank you. We want to thank you for your word tonight. We want to thank you for the full gospel. We want to thank you for the word of faith, becoming a born-again believer, being filled with the Spirit, walking in divine health, divine prosperity, protection, the authority of the believer, the blood of Jesus, all the different things. We walk by faith and not by sight. Father, we are so thankful that you've equipped us to win in this end time hour. And Father, we're just going to give you all the glory, all the honor, all the power, and all the praise. In the name of Jesus, we said one big amen. 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 All right. God amen. bless you guys. Now listen, second service, we had multiple people saved at our 11 o'clock service. I want to decree and declare that I believe every service, because we, our name is Harvest Church, that's the number one thing we do. We're going to take our influence, we're influencing somebody. 
Somebody, somebody will follow us. And I just believe we're all going to influence people into a walk in relationship with Jesus and then get them connected to a good church. And I want to encourage you as well, as we leave these doors, you continue to walk in your promised land by holding fast to the Word of God and realize anything that is coming to steal, kill, and destroy and to bring negativity, that is not of God. Don't let the enemy take you back to Egypt. Don't let him keep you in the wilderness. Keep moving forward with God, speaking God's word, and moving forward. Because it shall come to pass. Amen. We're moving forward. And we are walking in our promised land. Amen.